And welcome to the show and tell. What is this, Lady Ada? Hey, everybody, and welcome to a full hour of show and tell. This is the number one best, most exciting, most interesting live show and tell on the internet. I'm just going to say it, and then people can argue with me later. Yeah. Can't, this is this is truth. Truth. We've been doing this for about a decade, and, and we've even expanded we've it. Expanded it to an hour. We're going to keep doing this. Um, last week, Lady Ada was on. Uh, she was asked to be part of the New York City Council. Yes. And the meetings came up on every Wednesday. So thank you, Ada Fruit team, who helped run the show and tell why we're out this week because New York is going through phase one, reopening. Re restart and reopening. Um, we don't have a city council meeting this week. We're back next week, but it looks like it's not going to be the exact same time as show and tell. So continue to work on your projects, show and share your projects. Um, you know, we said it 100 plus days ago. Uh, this is the time to come together. Um, it matters more so than ever. We have pandemics. We have social justice. We have all the things that we need to do. And this is the community and the group of people that can get that done. So without further ado, um, I'd like to introduce David from DigiKey. Uh, we got David on here first because we have... Uh, Partner, we have partnerships with DigiKey, and I also, before we have David on, I also want to say thank you to David and thank you to everyone at DigiKey. There was a lot of stuff that Adafruit needed to do over the last 100 plus days, and DigiKey was a great partner, a great friend, and a great company. And a lot of people were able to continue all their projects because they were able to get Adafruit stuff from DigiKey. So when you all have a choice out there, um, if you're not buying stuff from Adafruit, of course, make an account get stuff on DigiKey. And we say that because they're not only a great company, but they're a fantastic group of people. So David, Take how away. are you? I'm doing just fine. Sorry, Kevin can make it this week. And um, thanks for that wonderful introduction. I mean, honestly, with uh, a partner like Adafruit, it makes it very easy. Uh, we love supporting your technology. We love what you bring forth to the market. And, you know, actually for us, it's just, it's just awesome to be part of this whole uh, organization being able to help you guys out in this tough time. So we're really glad that we helped out. And, you know, in the future, we look forward to more and more partnerships. So. All right. So what are you cooking this week? Well, um, two weeks ago, Kevin was on and he talked with John Park and John said, do you have any new drone footage pictures of our uh, PDCE, our new warehouse that we're putting together in Thief River Falls? And so I know Kevin has shared some stuff to date, but now we have color schemes and painting, and you can see trucks in this facility. We've talked a little bit about the size of the facility, the fact that you could put the Empire State Building in diagonally into it. But just to give you an, uh, some perspective of it, um, we actually, uh, if you take a look at the amount of co concrete that's used in this project, it could fill up over 7,700 trucks, um, 16,400 tons of steel, which is twice the Eiffel Tower. So it's a pretty big pro project out there. Uh, in the inside itself, you could fit 22 football fields. We're going to have about 27 miles of conveyor belts. And the average order is going to go around 3,200 feet inside the facility. So it's pretty neat. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where if you ever get a chance to get out to Thief River Falls, we'd love to show you guys around as much as we can. One thing that's kind of interesting is if you take a look at this picture, there's a catwalk on the right-hand side there. And yeah, that, that hooks up to both buildings, the old building and the new building. Oh, cool. And it's not only for people, but there's also a whole le level of conveyor belts on the bottom for product. Mm. So that's how we go back and forth. Right. And I know that you guys have, have um, heard of some of the things we've been doing as well 
given the COVID-19 activities. Well, you know, obviously we are um, taking it extremely seriously. We're in a remote location, but more than anything, we obviously follow the guidelines for mask usage and PPE, and we've got strict social distancing. We actually have this thing that we call um, take five to sanitize every two hours. So we sanitize all the workplaces. I think Kevin's talked maybe before about the cooler and the, the fogger, this fogger sanitizer that we've, that we've created. But we do um, a lot of other things as well besides temp checks and everything else. Some of the stuff we've done, which is kind of unique and different, is we created this um, UVC, the ultraviolet germicidal irradiation um, tunnel. And we have 8,000 totes that go through our facility on a daily basis. Um, there are a lot of engineering challenges trying to make sure that we have enough uh, putting something out there that we could kill a lot of the pathogens, the microorganisms that are created with this. And we put a team of six engineers on this. We've solved the math and the science in about three days. This tunnel that you're looking at is actually two and a half feet tall. It's about two feet wide, 15 feet long. Um, and we've got sensors that are on there and timers to prolong the life of the bulbs. So, you know, each bulb should last about 9,000 hours or 330 days. And we take about 80% um, of our totes will go through this every day. One thing that's kind of neat and what we're doing in this uh, time period is not only did we create this and the, the, the fogger cooler that Kevin talked about before, but we're also uh, making those all open source to other members of our community and other um, distributor type locations. So we've made it available to companies such as Amazon. We made it available to other distributors in the electronic component industry creating it completely open source, want to make sure that we put things out there. So kind of unique and different. Another thing that we uh, created is we worked with the University of, of Minnesota for a, uh, a, a very um, rudimentary uh, ventilator. And it, what this does is it uses a resuscitator that you kind of see a manual resuscitator, but it's kind of a MacGyvered approach. And this was, um, this was approved by the FDA. So we're, uh, we're working with them to create hundreds and thousands of these things, get them out there. Um, and it's a very kind of neat, uh, neat project that enabled us to get a solution for a problem that's uh, obviously global right now. So just some cool things that we're doing at the company. Right on. Nice. I, I did want to mention how pleased we are about some of the new partnerships we're doing with you guys. So, you know, we have this, uh, this new great search activity and we have also the ION NPI, which will be on later on tonight. And I know, um, and why this is so important is because we, you know, we know at DigiKey, we got 2.5 million SKUs in stock, 10 million on our website. It is literally impossible to stay on the front end of how do I find a part? What are the newest parts that are out there? Um, you know, with 800 suppliers, each of them having new products every month, it is a challenge. And these two activities, we have seen not only such positive um, results from your community, but from our supplier community, wanting to be a part of these things, understanding how important it is. And we just wanted to say that we, uh, these are the types of things that we really appreciate. The team at Adafruit, um, Lady Ada, Phil, yourself, uh, putting these things together because it really creates this uh, very unique infrastructure that enables our, our mutual customers to find these the right solutions. Um, so very cool on these things, and we're excited about the, 
uh, all these projects. Yeah, we're gonna get yeah. back to the great search soon. I have I have a queue of like three or four that we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing. Yeah, one other thing that um, just a heads up for everyone: if you really like that, we called it Ion MPI, new product introduction. If you really like new products and kind of the latest and greatest, and then have an engineer like Lee Data show you not only how to find it on DigiKey but then how to actually design things with it. Um, one side effect that we've seen is. So Lamore will be designing something. She's like, okay, great. Now I'm going to go purchase the parts. Someone, because they're like, oh, this is a part I really need. This is really good. They'll go in and uh, they'll buy a bunch. And that's fine. And that was like one of the first times we saw, we're like, oh, this is a really good idea because it's helping engineers find exactly what they're looking for. The only thing though is we're going to make sure we get our components before someone comes in and, and, and swoops, my lesson. I and, guess, and swoops I in. But, but that's how real time this is. If you if yeah. you think about what matters in technology, you have to be this fast now. So anyways, it's a good series. And we have INMPI tonight. And then, of course, um, if you haven't listened to the full song, um, we have an extended version of the song, too. <laughs> well, and, and, and actually, I think we can hook you up with those products, uh, Lady Ada, if you need them. <laughs> we know where we know where they, they came back in stock immediately. It was just, it was just, it was just really fun though. We're like, wow, this is this is kind of the future where you're doing engineering live and you're buying the parts live. You're showing engineers how to get their product to market, but you also have to know that um, if if you show folks, they'll probably want to click and purchase. So that was that was yeah. that was awesome. All right, you guys absolutely. Yeah, the only other things I just wanted to mention: if you guys are at home and you're looking for. Um, different activities to to participate in. We've got a couple different projects. We have one called Operation Design a Mask, which is kind of neat. It's a little bit more in the education space, but we wanted to have something out there that people could look at. Um, but we're doing an awful lot with Supply Frame and the Hackaday community. So we do have this whole um, Making Tech at Home contest up on the Hackaday.io website. What's cool about this is you can actually win Adafruit products as yeah. a result of this. So if you guys have some ideas, you want to play around with some technology, you want to win some cool Adafruit products, come on by, take a look at it. And obviously the prize, the Hackaday prize is announced this year as well. So we're excited that that contest has started. Um, but by all means, if you want to play around with some great Adafruit products and you have some ideas, come and stop by the challenges. Yay, okay, cool. All right, well, thank you so much, David. You're always welcome back. I know um, I'll drop a note to, to Kevin, but please keep us updated on things that are going on DigiKey, all the efforts that you're doing. And once again, thank you so much for supporting this cool community of engineers and makers. Oh, it's our pleasure. We love it. Thank Thanks for let, letting us do it. Yay, thanks, David. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, okay. Next up, we're going to go to JP and JP's screen. JP, what you got going on this week? Hey. All right, well, so this week I've got a new guide that just came out. It came out today, and it is on building the CircuitPython variant of this uh, little mechanical keyboard keypad. So this is based on uh, a Pimeroni uh, kit, which we sell, and I think you can get it on DigiKey and other places, Pimeroni, uh, which is essentially a Raspberry Pi um, bonnet. And so normally it comes with a little Raspberry Pi Zero that you plug that into. Um, but that also means that when you steal your SD card out of there for something else like I did, you're then sad that you can't use it anymore. So I decided rather than find an SD card, I would build a whole new project. And so uh, I went ahead and created a itsy bitsy M4 version that uses CircuitPython. And uh, I built this adapter and that's the guide. We'll show you how to build this adapter. and. 
Uh, there's a bit of intricate wiring that goes on there to adapt your itsy bitsy pinouts to the um, pinouts for using the dot stars that are on here, uh, as well as reading the switches. Um, and then one addition, this is uh, kind of late breaking news, it's not in the guide yet, but I decided to go ahead and uh, design a PCB for this inside of Eagle. And so I just got these in and uh, I've actually swapped it out now. So, so now inside of here, I have my cool little um, PCB that I made and got Osh Park to, to create a few of them for me pretty quickly. The after and Dark style? It's like the After Dark style, yeah. It's really stylish looking and it has no solder mask so you can see uh, see the copper real nicely. Yeah. And uh, that uh, has worked out really well. allows you to just solder in um, the itsy bitsy with some uh, regular header pins as well as a uh, Raspberry Pi 2x20 and uh, then it adapts it. So that uh, is my project that I just finished up. And um, I also wanted to give a tease for the project that I'm working on now, which will be um, on my show tomorrow. So you can close my small screen or my uh, my overhead there. So I've got one of our 64 by uh, 32 pixel um, LED matrix displays with a Feather M4 plugged into it. And I'm just starting to play around with different graphics effects for doing uh, a protest sign. So this is going to be a uh, portable protest sign that lights up at night. Uh, Lamore and, and Phil said that they were at some nighttime protests and you just kind of couldn't see people's signs. So uh, we decided to try to remedy this. The brightest sign. And uh, have your very, very bright sign. Uh, this is using also some of our, uh, uh, some LED plastic that I got from Tap Plastics and uh, it, it really helps a lot. You can see in the, in the upper corner here, there's some bare ones just because of- And let me just say, best of all, if you want to update your message on the fly, it was always really hard to have whatever message you want, put it on an LED screen or any type of light up screen yeah. and then be mobile. And then, you know, you might have to put different information on it. There might be other updated things that you want to get your message out about. So we're using right. Python and that means you can edit it with anything that can just basically edit a text file. So that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's very simple. Uh, and in this version, it's literally dragging BMP files into the drive of the of the feather, which is back there. That's the yeah. little uh, feather that's running it all. So uh, I'm playing around with that using slideshow. I'll give a bunch of details tomorrow. Uh, also, I got my daughter to design this graphic for me, the Black Lives Matter one with the fist. I thought she did a beautiful job. I showed her some pixel art art uh, software on the web, uh, piscal.com, I think it is. She went yeah. to town and, and made me that graphic. So. Uh, I'm very proud of her and excited that uh, that we could do something uh, positive towards uh, social change. So that's yeah, I hope uh, you're a cool dad now. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we'll continue to do this. Um, someone in the chat said, "Make an e-paper protest sign." You know, there's also e-ink ones, really large e-ink uh, that's expensive and harder to find. These are a little bit more low cost, but um, we'll continue to do that as well. Um, one cool thing is, if you use Circuit Python, we have a e-ink library. So same thing will work on lots of different screens and lots of different um, skill sets, you'll be able to uh, use that same code multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say one, one extra plug for doing this in CircuitPython is that a couple days ago, Lamore said, hey, try this, see if you can do it with graphics. And um, I'm not a computer science major. I'm not a, a, a excellent coder. I'm kind of a hack, but I kind of pried a bit of our, our um, slideshow code out of a Clue project I had done and dropped it into here. And uh, it was, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, and I had BMPs popping up on this thing, which is just fantastic compared to uh, 
how I would have gone about this a, a couple of years ago, trying to deal with .h yeah. files and Arduino and stuff like that. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, JP. Yeah. We'll see you on our show tonight. We have a bunch of videos, and we'll see you tomorrow. Um, and if you could, maybe drop in the chat. Some folks want to know where to get that plastic. You bet. Yes, yeah, I'm a link. Bye. All right, thank cool. you, JP and JP Screen. Yeah, let me get over here. Next up, we're going to go to Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Hello. 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 Uh, so one thing, I have been working some more on adding Display.io for Blinka uh, so that we could run like displays on the Raspberry Pi. So I have a little bonnet here. It's a display that's made specifically for the Raspberry Pi. And it uh, is now able to run with Display.io. I've added a few features like some simple backlight control and uh, some rotation to the display as well. And uh, hopefully I'll be adding a much more feature or uh, features. And after I go through the color displays, which I've been doing, I'm going to go to the little monochrome displays and then EX. Awesome. All right. Cover that all. Thank you so much, Melissa. Hey, thanks, Melissa. All right, we're going to keep moving. We got a full house, and let's uh, go to Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you doing this week? Hello. Um, I have too much to show. I was just thinking I'll, I'll probably whittle it down here a little bit. Or, or not enough time. Yeah. Not enough not time for sure. Yeah. All, all right. right. If you, if you want to see more time, I stream on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. Plug, You're going to show plug. this cool site. I actually use this site. You've been, this is a cool thing. Everyone check this out. This is good. Yeah. So uh, like a lot of folks, I wanted to do something about um, Black Lives Matter and uh, voting, I think, is a general broader thing that I think we all should do. And I had this idea of providing uh, dates and deadlines related to elections uh, in an easy way that you can add to whatever it is. Uh, so this is just the start of it, but um, you can go to the site. It's electioncal, as in calendar.us, and you can click through here and select your county, like I'm in King County. It's very ugly, so if somebody knows like G CSS and HTML and wants to help out, that would be awesome. Uh, but here you can actually now get um, iCalendar files, CSV, and JSON as well of the, of the data and the dates there. So we should be able to see a project here come shortly. Uh, I'm currently like working on the data side of things, making sure the data is good and adding more dates about like when registration has to happen, um, which is cool. Uh, so yeah, if folks want to get involved with that, reach out to me on Discord and I'll, I'll link you to the stuff. Um, it's a long-term thing. It's not a short-term thing, although there are definitely primary elections in the next few weeks that uh, I want to take a look at as well. Um, so the other thing I wanted to show is I have this defund12.org, which is a call to action site for defunding the police. Uh, I actually saw it on the Adafruit blog. I just looked up and Stephanie had posted it. Um, but they have uh, form letters that you can send to mayors and city councils, depending on where you are. Uh, and this has a lot of the same properties of what I'm trying to do with election calendar of like, where are you in the US? How can I whittle you down to like specific information for where you are? Um, and they're all doing it uh, with uh, GitHub as well. And so I've, I've started like lurking on their Discord and, and their GitHub and have been helping out, uh, helped out this morning a little bit with getting them set up with GitHub Actions and uh, mm -hmm. things like that. They're uh, definitely taking off more than the election calendar stuff at this point, but uh, I think there's a, they're open source and they're, they're doing some really cool things. So I think there's uh, opportunities to share technology across, across the two. All right. What else you got? 
the YouTube projects this week? I got more, but I'm sure you have other people. Tell you uh, what, stick around and um, put those links in the chat for folks. And yep. if we have time, we'll come back to you. But otherwise, uh, we'll be back next week as well. And you're here every week. Um, yep. and, yeah. Um, thank you for doing the uh, the electroncal.us. So I, I think I was the end user for that. I'm just like, I just want to be able to, <laughs> to click a thing and then add it to my calendar really easily. And yeah. so it was, I was like, I think a, your first beta tester. Um, and I'm like, it worked. It was perfect. Yep. Um, so now I know which where the, when the primaries are in, in New York. Right, right. So I, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. From what I've seen, there's, there are really good resources for voters, but the, what they're always doing is they're asking you for all of your information. I was looking at one last night and it's like, put in your full legal name and then your nickname and like your address and all this stuff. Email, I'm like, phone number, we've all been trained. Donate? We've all been trained <laughs> yeah. to do that because our, our data has been hijacked for decades now. And so if anytime we have to put in information, we're like, I'm on to the next thing. Right. And, I, I, and even uh, government sites, um, you have to put in, in too much information. So this is really right. good because it's kind of on your own terms. It's like, oh, I'll just click through and then I get the thing I, I want. Yeah. And the goal, so the goal with the site is to be able to like easily share that information as well. Like that, where you have to put your information in, that's not easy to share. But like if I could email you a link to New York County and yeah. you see a little pop up that makes like is informational. Uh, and then you can subscribe to it later. Like, that's awesome. Like, I want to do RSS feeds, and I know you two love RSS feeds like I do. Mm -hmm. Like, th that's another thing I've, I want to do with this data. Uh, so I am I sent an email to a source that looks like they have really good election data because uh, building on that would be great. But uh, we'll see what they say because no clear license terms. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Scott. We'll see you on Friday. And then also, don't forget, folks, as a JSON file format, you can do things with CircuitPython. Easily, mm -hmm. uh, you can display it on a pie portal, stuff like that. Yeah, totally. And right. we're going to be looking into that. Thank you so much, Scott. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. That's great. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Noam Pedro. Noam Pedro. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, guys. So last week, we released a little simple 3D printed case for the uh, new Raspberry Pi HQ uh, camera module, and then accompany that with a uh, 60-millimeter 60 60 CS mount to an EF adapter for these uh, Canon camera uh, lenses. We have a bunch of these, and you want to get any other lenses, just use the utilized ones we already have. So a simple snap, to get, snap fit together case uh, uses the um, little mount on here to hold up the camera. And then this week, we have a nice little Pi tuner. So cameras over here. Yeah, so this was uh, Liz Clark's idea, actually, Blitz City DIY. Uh, she's been using those web apps uh, to tune uh, guitar, and she thought, you know, we could probably do one with Pi, with the Pi Portal. So we got the touch buttons on here. Uh, I designed the the little headstock here. It's just a bitmap, and on the back here we have our little external speaker. It has a built-in buzzer, but we want it to sound a little bit louder. Uh, I wanted to make it so it's propped up right. Kind of has like this uh, arcade cabinet style to it, and this nice uh, bezel. So. I'm going to tap on one of the buttons now. So it's going to play it back three times. They're just WAV files that are pre-recorded uh, from just, I think it was Reason, and then uh, recorded with Ableton Live. Uh, but you can remix this to do whatever type of soundboard you want. Essentially, it's a soundboard. Uh, and you can uh, you know customize uh, both the audio and the, and the, uh, the graphics. So another one here. So I was tuning uh, Gavin's guitar because uh, Grandpa got him one. It's like a little kind of kiddo guitar. And uh, it was a lot of fun tuning it because it was way out of tune. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, so check this out. What's that? Very useful project. Yeah. yeah totally. Awesome. 
<laughs> so we have an art guide on them, so you guys can check it out. Um, yeah, and I'm to back to back videos, sped up videos. We're catching up, so there'll be a bunch of stuff on tonight's show. Excellent. All righty, folks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, San Pedro. Okay, next up we're gonna go to Jeff, and then we'll go to Dan. I'll try to give everyone a little bit of a heads up when you when I know you're you're gonna be uh, on deck. All right, Jeff. Hi there. Uh, how's my audio level? You sound great. All right. Well, I've also got a little audio project. Uh, I decided I wanted to push the boundaries of what can we do with MP3 playback in CircuitPython, and the answer was Neotrellis M4. And you know, you can play some notes. Is that coming through? Yeah, yeah. it's a piano. So uh, you can actually play four MP3 files at once. So it's got one MP3 file for each uh, different note that you can play. So think of them uh, like strings on a, on a bass or a guitar. So each of these is one voice. And you can go each, each different voice and play them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not a musician, so I can't get a chord out of this thing uh, to save my life, but that's what we're doing. That's funny. Also, the lights are uh, fading in and out according to the intensity of the sound. So uh, yeah, just a little self-contained, uh, well, self-contained project. It's, it's with, a great uh, like, demo for, for testing MP3, because it's like now you can just play as many as you want and see how it goes. Before right. you can put a time is a lot. Yeah, so you have to go down to mono, you have to go down to 64 kilobits, but uh, you know, it sounds, good. Um, and so I think that really opens up some possibilities for creating a complex uh, soundscape. So uh, this is just uh, kind of a little project. I'll put the code up on a GitHub just after this. Um, but yeah, that's the idea. That's what I've been up to. Nice. All right. Thank you so much, Jepler. And uh, we, we do, you know, we've always done hug reports instead of bug reports. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jepler. And then also everyone on the Adafruit team has um, you build things you don't know how they're going to be used. So Phil B with NeoPixel, Jepler with like how to get text on displays, and then how to play music and multiple music. We really are making the tools for other people to make really beautiful art, things that get a message out. So thanks for making the tools that make the things that allow people to express themselves in all sorts of ways. So thank you. Yeah, thank it's you. really exciting. A lot of fun. All right. right. Thank you, Jeff. Next up is Dan. And then after Dan, we're going to go to Paint Your Dragon. Dan, how you doing? Dan. Uh, so I'm going to tell you about, um, I've been working on a project to do, um, right, we have uh, Bluetooth uh, on uh, in CircuitPython, and it runs on boards like the Clue and the Circuit Playground, Blue Fruit. And uh, there's a low-level library they've implemented called BLEIO that, that runs under CircuitPython. But it would be nice to be able to use the same CircuitPython code that we write on host computers. And we already do that with something called Blinka, where we can write you can say from your Raspberry Pi, you can control uh, I2C devices and other things using mm -hmm. something called Blinka, which isn't CircuitPython itself. It's CircuitPython code that's running in regular circuit, in regular Python on a Linux uh, computer that has pins on it. But what if you could do the same thing with Bluetooth? And because we don't need pins, we can use any computers. We could use your regular old Linux desktop or your Windows desktop or your Mac OS laptop or whatever. So, Raspberry Pi, just or, or your Raspberry Pi, right? Whatever you've got, uh, and and if you don't have a lot of the a lot of laptops have Bluetooth uh, built in. If you don't have one, you can buy a tiny dongle that does Bluetooth from our store or from someplace else. So I've been re-implementing BLEIO in the same way that we did for Blinka. I've been I have a Blinka version of BLEIO that I 
implemented using something, a library called Bleak, which is a multi-platform uh, BLE Bluetooth library. So I've just gotten it working and you can control devices like here we've got this um, uh, light bulb, we've got uh, uh, heart rate monitor, we've got a uh, barbecue thermometer. So I'll show, demonstrate with the um, light bulb and all I'm gonna do is start a script here. There we go. So it's checking to find this light bulb. Here we got a light bulb here and now it's just, we just have a demo that's cycling the colors and I have this very technical uh, light here, here. Yeah. 412. <laughs> and so this this code is the same code that would run on one of these boards to control the light, but instead we're running it on my Linux computer. And we've got it working on Windows and Linux, and it should be working on Mac OS after, after some uh, bugs are fixed in the underlying Bleak library. Yeah, so that's what we got. So you can do Bluetooth with CircuitPython code. And Wait, do you have to use? Do you have to know how to use blues? No, you don't have to even know how to use blues. You don't have to know how to use uh, .NET or the underlying Mac OS library. They're all the same. You have Yay. to do what you know already. It only took fifteen years. Right. <laughs> we made it. All right. So I'm pretty excited for this because this will be neat. We'll be able to, you know, along with Blink and Display IO and all our sensors, we can communicate with BLE devices very easily. Something that is been pretty much impossible and believe me, I've looked at everything. It's so hard to communicate with BLE devices on uh, anything but mobile. Like mobile, it's kind of designed for it, but desktop, it's just been so hard. Um, and so this is really cool that we're gonna have a cross-platform way of doing that. And all these example libraries are already written. That's right, you don't have to write any code, you can use our existing examples, right? All right, thank you so much, Dan, for giving okay. everyone the gift of time. <laughs> the best gift you can get. You have to keep their hair. Like pulling your hair out during BLE is a yeah. common thing. Yeah. All right. Thanks All so right. Thank much. you, Dan. Dan. All right. We're now going to go to Green Dragon. Hello, Philby. How are you? Hi there. I am well. I must have been working on BLE at some point. <laughs> yes, you probably have been. What do you have about stuff like th thermal printers and DMA and TFT displays, which is also Thermal thermal printers. Well, so you, actually, what happened is your head just got so hot from overthinking. That must be it. Yeah. Anyway, I think I have the silliest thing I have ever brought to show and tell here, and um, but I promise this does relate to the things we do, and I, I need to go all like James Burke like, connections here. Okay. Uh, this involves Stravinsky's um, Firebird Suite, which was composed in 1919, 101 years ago. And this is a vinyl record of it. Uh, there have been like dozens, if not hundreds of recordings of this released on vinyl. Most of them, we couldn't even you know, tell them apart. Uh, but this one released by EMI 1965, um, it's not remarkable. It's actually pretty, pretty cheap record. Um, has kind of a unique distinction to it. And I've been hunting for it, finally found one. Fast forward a few years, 1979. Uh, Fairlight, the CMI was released, which was the first digital sampling uh, musical instrument. Before that, you didn't have digital sampling. You had to use tape or film or record scratch. There was no digital sampling before that. It kind of blows my mind because this was, you know, during my life. Um, anyway, it could record uh, 24 kilohertz audio at 8 bits. It could record one second and use that as an instrument sound. <laughs> 
That's pretty cool, though. I mean, like a sample. I love our. I love artistic constraints. Like you've got a full second. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with that? Right, one second. So, um, uh, an engineer at Fairlight, Peter Vogel, he had this record on hand. Now, not this actual piece of vinyl, but one just like it. You know, <laughs> the same pressing, the same release. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> he had he had this record on hand, and uh, recorded one one second, which uh, you you've heard before. <laughs> Yeah. The orchestra hit. Yeah. This was uh, first uh, used in an album in 1982, uh, Planet Rock by Africa Bambata. Subsequently used in over 150 uh, popular released songs, uh, Duran Duran, Michael Jackson, Beastie Boys, MC Hammer, yeah. it goes on and on. From there, those songs got resampled or uh, other versions of the orchestra hit were recorded or eventually synthesized. And uh, fast forward further, 1991, uh, the orchestra hit became part of the general MIDI standard. So, I mean, you have piano, you have cello, you have clarinet, and you have the orchestra hit. Um, I don't know what the moral of this story is, but... Um, I'm always tickled when something that's all around us, I mean, it's like the air we breathe, when it all, you know, like an hourglass, it just comes down to one one point in time. And one, like one engineer just makes like a throwaway so decision, like, oh, this the, image from a magazine I'm gonna use as a graphic standard. And it's like, we're stuck with that for decades. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a moral of the story other than um, there was a popular show called Connections. Yeah. And you can, you know, trace back, okay, the first time we made candles, now here here we go, here we go, here we go, we've landed on the moon. And yeah. I think this is a similar thing. Like think about all the people that have used this sample or inspired by or the technology that you had to use just to, to, to get to this. Exactly. So I've actually been hunting for this album for a long time. Um, you know, I can't afford a Fairlight CMI. I can't imagine what they go for nowadays. But uh, having something that kind of ties into that chain of connections uh, just yeah. made me happy. Finally found one on eBay. I have a question. For the Fairlight CMI, did it come with that sample? Or, like, how did that get distributed? Yeah, it came on an 8-inch floppy. They would send Oh, I see. You loaded it in, and then you could change the instrument. You just do – you record right. it as a track. Right. Periodically, they would they would send out discs, and customers would mail discs to them. It became a whole a whole sharing thing. Okay, got it. I got it. Okay, that was yeah. the that was a piece I didn't quite get. All right, All right. right that's on. a good story. So, uh, anyway, that's what I got. I yield my time. That, that is okay. awesome, and uh, keep coming back with these connection style stories. I have a, you know, I have a whole pile of things that have like, oh, you know, this little thing, and then fifty years later, look what happened. I want to try to add those to show and tell as soon as. Uh, uh, maybe we're in one spot on a regular basis again. So thank yeah, you so much, Cole. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Brian. I think Brian. Uh, Brian, you ready? Back now. So I, I am ready. Can you hear me? Yeah. Great. So, uh, like many people, I uh, now have a phone that doesn't have a headphone jack, and I also have an old car that only has an aux jack. It doesn't have any other way of getting audio into the. Um, into the audio system so I can't play my jams at full volume. So what I did is uh, I'm going to switch to my document camera right quick. Oop. So I got one of these. It's a little Bluetooth um, receiver uh, off of Amazon. It's just uh, it's got a thing to charge the battery. It's got a headphone jack and it's got um, 
uh, Bluetooth audio module here. Um, so I got it, tried to plug it into just like normal aux jack, get it working. Um, you probably can't see, but uh, somewhere on here, there's a little spot where all the magic smoke blew out the side of the chip because I think I used a bad uh, 12 volt adapter or something. So fast forward a little bit, I picked up this. This is basically the same thing, but it uses a fancier Bluetooth chip that supports aptX, which is some proprietary codec that's supposed to be higher quality or whatever. Um, so I got this working as it comes out of the box, um, but it is powered off of um, uh, five volt DC. Most cars have 12 volt DC, so I got a uh, buck converter, wired it up, tuned it down to five volts, um, wrapped it in heat shrink and all kinds of fun stuff, and then wired it into the, the DC. Um, then on the other end of the boost converter, I wired up these two plugs to plug into, oh, there we go, uh, the, it's in my car because it's part of the car, but the other half of this, so this is the ashtray uh, that has the, um, I can't see very well, um, it's got the 12 volt jack in there. Um, so basically I plugged it into the female side of that. Um, side note, it's got these uh, pieces here where the, the traction control button is. It's got a whole bunch of blank buttons that I think I'm gonna turn into something to like yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it works. It's Yay. Uh, fun, and I can actually play some nice loud tunes um, in my car, which is Yay. fun. I mean, if they're not loud, why can bother, right? Um, and I'm going to put it in this. This is a uh, junction box, a plastic junction box that I am going to chop up to make everything fit. Uh, one last thing along similar lines. I may have shown this off before. Uh, I've got another junction box. Um, yeah. Um, stuff. You got a bunch of stuff. So I think last time I showed that this clue fits perfectly in there. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that that I, I know. Um, so <laughs> along with the clue, uh, I got one of these thermal relays. I was, I can find the use for it still, but I realized it's too low current for what I had in mind. Um, so I got a power relay on the way. Um, but I needed to be able to again power this little thing off of some different voltage. So I took a old. Um, phone charger thing, chopped it up with my new saw and uh, took it all apart. And I think I should be able to wire this into the AC to get five volts DC off of it that the regulator can drop down to something better. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm up to. So Brian's desk oh fun. Indeed. Okay, thank you. All right, next so up. Much. We're gonna go to Aaron, then Orlando, and then Liz, and then Geek Mom. And I think we have exactly enough time for everybody. So let's uh, keep moving. Aaron, take it away. Hi. Uh, so I am still working on crystals. I've been showing crystals the last couple times I've been on here. But uh, today I'm showing off a crystal strand. It's using a Circuit Playground Bluetooth and has like 20 different crystals on it. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, so these are paper crafted crystals. Uh, they look like this without a light in them. Uh, they come off my vinyl cutter. Uh, all flat like this and they just get folded up into a shape just like so and then I've got little holes in the top which clip directly onto these little NeoPixel light strand uh, dots and you can I, I uh, made a whole bunch of different sizes and a couple different shapes so it's real fun to like add different variety to the to the strand. Um, 
working on a project where I, I'm going to launch it probably tonight or tomorrow, hopefully. Um, a tutorial on how I made these things where I can uh, put the downloadable files and, and instructions on how to put them all together. Um, and then as for the code, um, I've got four different color modes on here. So this is just a rainbow animation. And then I've got um, one button that kind of changes the speed, um, one button that changes the mode, and we have four different color modes um, on here. So it's, it's pretty plug and play, like it's ready to go and be decor, but also super customizable. So they're they're so creative and crafty, but they also like you know you're really exploring what you can do with NeoPixels for beginners, which is, you know, like you you fill in that section of like paint the owl where it's like you have one LED light up and then it's like gigantic light show. You're you're really good at getting yeah, that intermediary space. Yeah, I, that's what I want to do. Like I I have so many girlfriends that are like, oh, I want to try electronics, and then they just don't, and I'm like, what do I need to do for you? You know, so I'm kind of working through trying to find like there's got to be more of a link between crafters and knitters and people that love Joanne fabrics, um, and because this is is just a tiny little step. So I'm just trying to figure out how to how to fill in that gap, like you said. Yeah, what we found is in the cosplay community there was so many people who wanted to make um, things that lit up and like eventually. Adafruit and cosplay projects came together. There was the, the the characters in lots of movies had yeah. lots of different things, and that was the that was the leap. And I think in the crafting world, and there's always something now that lights up, and that's like I want that. I want to build that. I want to make that. How do I do that? And that's the motivation. In the past, when we first uh, got people going with electronics, we knew if we said, "Well, here's what a transistor or resistor is," that's not as interesting as here's your favorite costumed hero and here's how to make that light up thing that they have and so i think you always have to find those things these crystals are absolutely beautiful so fantastic work Aaron. yeah they and like i said earlier they are also just saving me i'm, I'm stuck indoors uh with quarantine and and going a little crazy because i can't go out and see my friends and stuff but just uh i actually mailed a whole bunch to my friends and then we had a zoom meeting where we all like folded crystals together so it's been like a real community Twenty hobbies, folding crystals over Zoom. It's just, yeah, it's delightful. Right. Thank you so Thank much, you, Aaron. Aaron. Thanks. Okay, next up, we're going to go to Orlando, then after that, Liz, and then Geek Among Projects, and if there's anybody else, we'll try to get to that. Hey, Orlando. Hey, Orlando, how's it going? Hello there. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. Solid. So I came, I came by a couple weeks ago and talked about the Bluetooth audio adapter project I worked on. That's mm -hmm. right. So I got the boards back from Sparkfun, and I finally got to try the After Dark uh, solder mask. That's Ooh, really cool. That's nice. They're really neat. So I, I like them a lot. Um, it almost has that sort of copper clad feel, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So I put soldered it up. It's a fairly simple board to solder up. The audio modules, the RN52, uh, for anyone who wants to know. Then there's like a 3.3 voltage regulator, headphone jack, that type of thing. Uh, and so I plugged it up, and the, <laughs> the audio is actually awful. <laughs> I started, oh, <laughs> well, thinking to myself, I was like, oh, you know, actually, you have to like be pretty careful with the traces and all that when you start yeah, doing yeah. audio projects because you might have you know, yeah, like radio especially it's like radiating into it exactly yeah. it's okay. like you know, uh ground loops and all those types of things i heard a lot i heard a lot of buzzing so i, I remember doing some audio projects a little bit before and i have been i've learned that those have to do with ground loops and things like that and so i'll show my pcb design really quickly well it's not that different than ecg or e emg or eeg designs it's just the frequency is lower Right, and right. so yeah, I have a ground plane on both sides of the board, which I think might not be optimal uh, for audio projects because you, you create a lot of ground loops, maybe potentially that way. I'm not entirely sure, so it's something I, I'm still uh, sort of figuring out. You know, if anyone in the chat has some thoughts, you know, please feel free to send them my way. 
Uh, but there's a lot of buzzing, a lot of humming. So, you know, there's some issue there. So I really need to look into that to make it, uh, to, to do it a little bit better. I sort of compared my design to SparkFun's little breakout board. And, you know, they're, they're just sort of breaking out the pins. So it's nothing really, really fancy. So I'm trying to figure out uh, what electrically sort of different. For the audio different. that's coming out, you know, audio is often AC coupled. You might have mm -hmm. to DC couple it before you feed it into the input into okay. the, you see how the pins go straight from the headphone jack right into mm -hmm. those pins. You might need a resistor divider. I mean, I would check the app note from RN42, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. and see if they have like some resistor divider or like, cause they're, you can't have AC. I don't think you can have AC input going directly in. That could be it. Could be. I, I, this is sort of the same setup I have for SparkFun Ford. I saw, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, oh, I'm, okay. So it's like the same pin out. Yeah. Right. So, I'll take another look. I, I, you know, this is me just kind of fishing here a little bit myself. What you're saying, isolate it. Say again? They're saying isolate it in the yeah. comments. Yeah. So right. anyway, it's kind of a cool first step. Uh, you know, it connects fine and everything, but the audio quality isn't great. So if anyone has any idea in the chat has some ideas, uh, please go right. send them my way. It's like, well, now you have to come back because you're going to solve it. And you're going to be like, here's how I solve it. So we need to yeah, I'm curious. The, the exciting conclusion to this. Exactly. All right, well, thank you so much. You got anything else, Orlando? Uh, nothing at the moment, no. Okay, good to see you, and see you soon when you solve that. Come on back. Yeah. All right, let's go to Liz, and then we'll go to Geek Mom Projects. All right, Liz, hey. hello, Liz. Hey, Liz. How are you? Doing? All right, what you got going on? Uh, so as uh, Noah Pedro uh, talked about, I did the uh, Guitar Tuner project this week. Um, big shout out to Noah on the... Uh, Bitmap because that really made the project like it's just yeah. I don't think you can like, see the thing. I like it's like that's what I'm doing. It's it's yeah. exactly the label is on what's in the inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's been fun. Uh, and then I also remixed uh, the fan that um, No and Pedro made up uh, to so that it would fit a little Noctua fan. Um, these fans are like 10 millimeters smaller than the one that they um, used, and it also I don't have the adapter with me, but. It has a cable that goes directly to USB. Um, so I just have to get a screw on there and some googly eyes, of course, and then we'll be in business. Um, and then the other thing I've been working on, uh, Lady Ada asked me to try to do a, a jumping uh, game uh, like the uh, Google Chrome when it's down when the dinosaur jumps over the cactus. Uh, so I've been working on this and this is all um, on the Pi badge using Display.io. Uh, so I start it goes and when you jump over them you get a 10 point bonus uh, and the score is going down at the bottom and I'll try to have a blinka uh, go down to the end here and then uh, it says game over and then you can start again okay yeah all right, all right. blinka jump yes <laughs> all well, right thanks for, thanks for making this and then um, also uh, we'll have video in Ask an Engineer for this project. And um, I said this in the chat, but I also want to say um, thank you for get, dedicating some of the space you have, your channel, for some important things. Um, you had uh, a video that uh, we just had our company meeting. We have a call to action. Breonna Taylor is uh, something our team said, this is important. There needs to be justice for Breonna. Definitely. And we have all the same information and sign up. So thanks for doing that in your channel as well. Of we course, all have spaces yeah. that, we can, that we can utilize. Um, it's not just electronics. Um, it's exactly. all part of something bigger. And thanks for being part of a good cause and this big community. If we can teach people Arduino, we can treat people how to 
perform actions that help social justice. Exactly, right. yeah. And tech is not neutral, so we all have to do our part to raise awareness and make the world a better place. All yeah. right, the Thank daily action. Thank you, Liz. Yes. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. All right, and we're gonna wrap up with Geek Mom Projects. Hello, Geek hey, Mom Projects, hey, how are you? I'm hunching to stay in frame because I wanted to focus on- Yeah, uh, that's great. Hopefully you can see it and it's not too saturated. Yeah, that's great. Great. Um, so, you know, any surprise, surprise, it's LED based. Um, and everybody who loves LEDs as much as I do is pretty fascinated by those nano leaf tiles that you can put on your walls. Yeah. Uh, they're modular and rearrange them. Um, and they're fun and they're neat and they're expensive. And I've seen a lot of kind of homebrewed versions, which are really cool. Um, but they're always kind of like um, LED strips wrapped around a base with like a diffusion layer on top. But I thought it would be kind of fun to make a PCB based version. Um, so these are a system of modular. Um, triangle-shaped LEDs that are mounted on uh, PCBs. They're the 4020 SK6812 um, LEDs. You can kind of see, here's a prototype. I used up all the current ones in this uh, sculpture, but you can see it's it's just a board with those little tiny um, LEDs mounted to the corners. So, um, and the connectors on the back, so if you turn it sideways, right now it's running the LED, on. The LEDs are pointing in. The LEDs are pointing in, oh yeah. Okay. And they diffuse, oh, hang on, there cameras here. They diffuse directly into a layer. This is um, laser cut plastic. It's translucent. It's semi-translucent. So yeah. it actually does a pretty good job of mixing and blending the light. I've been experimenting with a lot of different kinds of acrylic. Um, and this is the one I found that works the best. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. So there's a layer of, yeah. So it's the PCB, a layer of diffusion acrylic on the front. The LED emit sideways directly into the acrylic. And on the back, I've got um, pressure contacts. So I'll turn this one hopefully without disconnecting it. So you can see it's nice and thin, it's freestanding. And all the PCBs are connected on the back with a system of pressure contacts, um, which some of which are mounted on the triangle boards. The input uh, contact is mounted directly on the board itself. And the output connect uses this little separate connector to um, actually hold the boards to pass the signal power and voltage and also hold the boards together with screws. So you can rearrange it, it's modular hmm. um, by unscrewing it and just reconnecting at different configurations. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I posted everything on GitHub, design files, um, everything. If anybody wants, it's Geekmon Project, a triangle something board on my GitHub. So right on. This is cool. If, um, what a great build. If you can remember, pop in the chat and put the URL for folks to Okay, we'll do. Well. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank All right. you, everybody. I think well, there's David's here at the bottom, but his camera's off, so I don't know if uh, David's here. I will see. I don't see a camera. So I think that's it. Okay. Right, Dan, it's only Dan left over yeah. his lamp. Yeah. He's just Dan's still glowing. There with his lamp. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for making this the best hour of our week. Uh, we're so happy to be back this week. And we'll see everybody next week. We do show and tell every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. And then Ask an Engineer is at 8 p.m. Thank you so much, everyone, for showing the best possible versions of ourselves and what we can do when we build things and share things. We'll see everybody on Ask an Engineer in just a few minutes. See you, everybody. See you next week. 8 p.m. here. Bye-bye. Come back. Get some tea. <laughs>